0: Well, it's, obviously, it's obvious that I am excited about it, because I just plugged it real quick. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to 1 Corinthians. I, I am going to be reading from the message translation, the first portion of Scripture, the text that I'll be reading today. Um, so if you don't have the message, I would read the uh, the overhead here, The uh, the overhead. What are we like in 1970? The projector. I guess it is overhead projector, but it's not... Whoever was in charge of media back when it was like those overhead projectors with the see-through, yeah. <clears throat> Times have changed a little bit, huh? And that was probably like Rochelle probably did it, and it was like "As the deer Panteth forth the water," or um, one of those songs. I'm trying to think of some old ones. Uh, so I-, I want you to uh, follow along up top, though, if uh, if you don't have the message, because it's going to be much easier to. To understand, so this morning I want to talk to you. uh, I want to talk to you about functioning together as the body, Uh, and I want to talk to you about culture because I feel like there is a there is a culture in Christianity um, that is viral and toxic, and uh, and it, it has to do with our hearts and the way the way that we live our lives. Ultimately. Um, start with the orientation of our hearts. Okay, so wherever our treasure is, there our heart is. Let me put it this way. Whatever you value or whatever you value determines your value system is determined by where your heart is pointed. And so depending on what uh, where we orient our hearts, it's going to determine our value system. It's going to determine um, pretty much the way that we live our lives. And uh, because how we value things determine how we live our lives. Are you all listening to me this morning? And and so what I want to talk to you about is a, a culture that is so, uh, if I could use the term toxic or uh, non-Christ-like, uh, and, it, and it's very common in church walls. And, and so I want to talk to you about it because I think that we should be modeling a way of life. Uh, that the world looks at and they say, "Man, I want to live like that. I mean, we all know that right? I mean it, that, that's like the goal I mean we want we want we want our marriages to outshine uh, you know that way that way people look and they're like, I want to live my life like that. And so thank you, sir. are oh, you thankful for water? Come on, someone, take a drink So I, I want to talk to you about our value system. And and I want to talk to you about some things I, I really think are important. And listen, this morning I'm not talking about performance. It goes much deeper than that. Because sometimes in church cultures we've uh we have to unlearn performance. And we have to learn to rest in God's love. And and sometimes because of our I don't want to get ahead of myself, but because of the way that we live our lives, we end up stuck and it's almost like we're a hamster on the wheel of certain church culture and we're striving and we're trying to somehow, and and it's not even so much about pleasing God. Although, I mean, obviously we want to please God, but we have to know that he's pleased with us as sons and daughters. And and that's the first step to pleasing God, by the way, you can't please God. If you still act like an orphan, he's like, come on, man. I mean, when my kids act like orphans, I'm like, Hey, we stop. you know, better. You're my son. You're my daughter, right? So, but but this hamster wheel of this toxic culture is not uh, is not just about pleasing God. It's almost like it's almost like we're we're allowing our gifts to consume us in such a way that our gifts are not about the people around us and blessing them, but they're about us and making us feel better because we're insecure and we've never been rooted in the love of God. And and this is something that is like a message of our house and we call it significance. We just say that, say significance. You've got to know how significant you are and you've got to know how loved you are. And, and, and that's a journey that we're still on discovery. How many know? You know, every time you look in the mirror, she's like, dang, I'm significant. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you see yourself the way God sees you, it should just blow you away. You'd be like, Man, God, you love me so much. I don't understand why, but you just do. I mean, and knowing our value will determine how we value other people. And and so this is a this is a big deal, um, and and this is a really powerful revelation. And it's deeper than performance. It's not just being free from performance. There are deeper things that affect the heart, and we end up living our lives in a way where we think that we're functioning as spiritual people because gifts are coming out of our lives, but we don't realize that the gifts, we are, uh, we are an outlet or we're some sort of you know window of God, that he's manifesting in the world, but we, we don't realize that We want the gifts to flow through us just so we can feel better about ourselves. But how many know the gifts that God gives us are not for us. They're to be given to other people. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are to edify other people. There's only one that's to edify yourself, and that's the prayer language. That's only the the private prayer language. The public tongue is to be interpreted. It's supposed to be like prophecy to bless somebody else. So it's only one facet of one of the gifts is for private edification. But how many know it's edification so that we can overflow and bless other people? But I think we've we've developed this uh, inadvertently, this culture of Christianity that's extremely narcissistic, and I don't like it. It bothers me. And what happens is, is only the elite feel significant. Only the people that have a microphone feel significant. Only the people that are up on the platform singing songs feel significant. But what about the guy who comes in the back row that nobody talks to or gal? What about the people that don't have a gift of the spirit or gift that we, we've elevated these gifts because the reason we, we like the gifts is because we like ourselves so much. Now I'm not saying we shouldn't like or love ourselves, but the gift is we're, we're called to be self giving. We're called to be other-centered. Come on, and that is that is something that that the nature of God does in us, where we just want to serve people, we just want to love them, and and so let's just get to the text because I'm going to get ahead of myself, and I might start preaching, and somebody's going to shout me down. Something crazy is going to happen in here. I'm going to spill this water. Uh, I might. The Lord might just tell me to get Catholic on you and splash some of you. Nomines Patres. Glory. How many Catholics do we have in the house? Come on. You got excited. You're like, bless me, Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read it in the message, verses 12 through 14. Beautiful passage. The message is, it, it is a translation, but it's more of a targum. It's more of a paraphrase. But uh, Eugene Peterson is a scholar, and he reads Greek. And, and this is his translation. It's good to glean from. How many know it's good to glean from all the translations? Don't get, ever get stuck in one translation, especially one that talks like Shakespeare. That's, that's passive aggressive for KJV only people. Um, you need deliverance. We're going to have an altar call. If you're bound by the KJV spirit, come on up. We're going to set you free. Prayer team, come on. Now, listen, sometimes the New King James is great. I mean, the way, actually, there's some good, but there's some things that are good about it, and so we can't get stuck in one translation. So the message is great. I wouldn't say always read from it, but glean from it. It'll help you um, because it's written or uh, translated by a scholar. And so 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14, you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. Isn't that great? We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life, which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and in action when we were baptized. Each of his spirit, I'm sorry, each of us is now part of his resurrected body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves like Jew or Greek, slave or free are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. Now look at verse 14. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It is all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. See, what I found out is that when we don't know our significance, we don't function together. I found out that when I don't know my value, I can't value other people and it, it causes a dysfunctional disconnection where we don't value relationship as much as we really should. I mean, if you think about it, the creator, father, son, and spirit is relation, Mr. Relationship. He, God is existing in himself in a holy relationship, perfect fellowship and union. So as the people of God, we should know how valuable we are. We should know how significant we are. And we're a member of the body of Christ. Now, the the understanding of the body of Christ, sometimes it's just like this ethereal idea, this concept of, yeah, we're just individual members of one body. It's just some invisible. But I think the reality of becoming the body is growing in what I'm talking about, growing in this significance where we know how loved we are by God. And we want to just give that love away. And what happens is, is that we're not just a part of the body blown up. And and it's not a, it's not a solo act. It's not like, you know, this is what Paul says right after this, and he's talking to the church of Corinth, but you understand that he's He's dealing with the church where the gifts are all messed up and out of order and there's still paganism and and there's still a lot of overt sin and sexual morality and Gnosticism and a lot of different things. But the next chapter, he says this, here's all the gifts, but the gift, say that with me, say the gift is love. In other words, he's saying, listen, it all comes from love. Why? Because God is love and that's the fruit. Through the spirit is love, and then out of love comes all the other fruits. It all comes from God. And and we have to know how loved we are, and that when we get rooted in that as people, as humans, as sons and daughters, as Christians, we're not striving to be seen. We're not striving uh, to toot our own horn or to be a, what Paul says in First Corinthians 13, a clanging cymbal. And, and we, we become more of a harmonious sound in a symphony of a body instead of a solo, a, a clanging, gonging sound. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Because we don't know that God's looking at us the way he's looking at us with eyes of love. Listen, you know, my daughters know they're loved and, and I love them and I give them affection and, 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 it, and I, I, I tell them how beautiful they are constantly. You're so beautiful. Sometimes I like, come here. I just, I can't even look at your face. You're so cute. I'll just grab them and, and hug. I want them to know how significant they are. And, and one of the reasons is, is because they'll, they'll never look for another man's gaze because they know their papa's gaze. And then they don't need to say, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, and that's the culture that is toxic is we become so rooted in our gifts and abilities that they're, no, they're not even about what their purpose is, is to, uh, is to bless people, but really we're using them for our own benefit. And, and in essence, it's almost like we're prostituting our own gifts to make us feel better about ourselves instead of do what God's called us to do, which is to lift other people up. And, and I feel like when we are, and, and Paul uses the language, we're baptized in the spirit. You see, that doesn't just happen when we get saved, baptized into Christ. It doesn't just happen when we open our hearts to the love of God, when the spirit of God comes in and, and changes us and, God will never violate your will. And he's waiting for us to open up. And and he's not just talking about that when we're baptized in the spirit, baptizes us into Christ, in Christ. He's talking about the reality of being in Christ. The reality of being in the body of Christ is when we as a people, even in a church, a local church, when we are in the manifest presence, we become one. There's a unity, there's, there's a bonding, a harmony, our hearts resound together. When you worship with somebody, you get close to them. We even tell young kids that are dating, don't pray together unless you really feel like, because you're going to get bound with them. You don't realize it. you'll form spiritual bonds that maybe could be unhealthy later because you think it feels good, there's an interchange, but it doesn't mean it's God. So when you pray with somebody, when you worship with somebody, why is there a connection? Why? It's because the manifest presence, and He uses that language. And so, in the manifest presence of God, we're baptized in significance because we're covered in His love. We're baptized in the reality of how loved we are by God, and and it, and it just it changes. I mean, it changes something deep within our being. And what what happens then is it changes our value system. It changes the way we see things. It changes how we function. And no longer are are we doing things to feel better about ourselves or we're not like, you know, praying for people on the streets to, you know, film a healing so we can post it on YouTube and get our ministry promoted. Or lay hands on the sick to get another notch on our belt and say, wow, I'm so anointed. Look at me, look at me, look at me. We even do it in our worship. See, when worship says, look at how I worship instead of behold the beauty of the Lord, it's dishonoring to God. See, in some cultures, people don't understand some of the things we do. And and if we were to go into another church culture and do what and worship how I worship, who's the worship really about? Oh, I want to worship how I worship. Well, in certain cultures, your worship will take people's eyes off Jesus and onto you. It's called honor. It's called, you know, um, one of my mentors always taught me, when, when you travel, when you preach, add seasoning to their flavor. Add seasoning to their flavor. Don't, you got to honor the house. It's not going to be received if you don't honor the house. I mean, there's people worship that worship, very different than us but they're still worshipping Jesus and some of them are a lot holier than us <laughs> now i know we're holy because Jesus makes us holy but what i'm saying is sometimes they they walk they live out christianity a lot better than some of the people that live it out really good on sunday morning you know what i'm talking about right i'm talking to myself There's a mirror back there. You guys don't see it. There's a big mirror. So the whole time I'm preaching, I'm, I see you. I'm preaching it myself. But it's not just about how, man, I'm just telling you, there's a sound of heaven, a harmonious sound of heaven that wants to reverberate through our being. If we allow the love of God to tune us, we're out of tune or instruments that have been, uh, you know, if, if I travel with my guitar, I have to, uh, I have to retune it. Usually the airplane, the altitude, it, it messes it up. And I, I feel like we're so up and down sometimes that we just get out of tune and, and we need to stay up. We need to keep our hearts postured at him and, and we, it, his love tunes us. But how many know when, when this awesome worship team, uh, if there's an instrument, one instrument out of tune, uh, I mean, I don't know about, I'm a musician. I can hear it. You know what I'm talking about? Chris, you know, what I'm talking about. I mean, you, you musicians know, and it's the same thing with the body. If one of us is out of sync and listen, the scripture, I love the way he says it. It makes you more significant that you're diverse, that you're different and, and you're not called to be rooted in your gifting. Your primary purpose is not found in your gifting. It must first be found in being a son or a daughter of the living God. And when you know that, you bloom, you grow, you actually bear fruit. Fruit comes before the gift. Fruit grows, gifts are given. We always want the gifts. I want the gifts. We want the gifts. Why? Because we want to look like somebody. We want to be somebody. I want to be somebody. But, but you don't know you're already somebody. You're a son and a daughter. What if, what if your gifts were no longer a part of your life for the rest of your life? Would you be happy? What if your platform was taken away right now? Would you be happy? Because if not, you might have significance issues and you might need to pull your roots out from your gifts and plant them in the soil of love. Knowing our significance, a church that walks in this, a leadership, a pastor, a people will shine. And I'm telling you the world will be like, man, that's what I want right there. That's what I've been looking for. I heard this, this sister preaching recently and she was talking about how uh, college students are mocked in, in, uh, in some universities because they're believers. And, and some of them maybe, you know, they ask for a fight and they probably, but some of them are genuinely trying to live the Christian life and they're shunned and they're mocked and, oh, you believe in God, you know. And she was saying, listen, I know they mock you on the outside and they, and they, it's almost like they proverbially, they spit on you and they, you know, they don't, they make fun of you. But inside they're saying, I just hope that what you're saying is real because they're looking for the real Jesus, and I'm telling you, the, the the families out there, the broken families, and we're all kind of broken in one sense or another. But we need to learn wholeness and mature in this thing called the love of God. Because there's people out there that are that are just. We, we cannot transfer Jerry Springer to Jerry Springer family. You know what I'm talking about, right? Jerry Springer. H- has anyone ever watched Jerry Springer? It's hard to change a channel if it, if you're. It's like, what are they doing? <laughs> But you know, we all have our own dysfunctions, but as the body, we should be a family that loves. Why is it that when something goes wrong in the body of Christ in the church, there's a scandal or an affair that, that no media has to do any research? Because all the Christians are blab, gabbing, labbing, slabbing, and just gossiping and sowing discord. Why? Love covers. I mean, what what happened to like forgiveness and love? This is this is what following Jesus is about, guys. I, and I want to live it. I don't want to. I don't want to just be a leader. That I want to live it. I want to be significant by and and be rooted in that to where I'm not. I, I'm not, you know, like I have this thing in my in my subconscious, if I prophesy and I pray over people and, and I lead worship this right or I do this, that I feel significant. Oh, I know God still loves me. It's almost like we don't even, we think God only loves us when gifts are flowing through us. Let that settle in your heart for a minute. All right, let me keep going here. John four thirty four. Jesus says, my food, my sustenance, my nourishment, my pleasure, where I find My nutrition is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Jesus did the father's will. He gave of himself. He was other-centered. That's who we're following. We're following Jesus. Jesus wasn't narcissistic. He endured till death, even death on the cross. He despised the shame. Now he's at the right hand of God. He laid his life down willingly. He drank the cup of suffering the despair of the most excruciating pain we can imagine. He came to do the Father's will, to love the unlovable, to touch the untouchable, to reach the unreachable. He gave of himself. He gave co-suffering love, self-giving love. It's the love of God. John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, Jesus says, I love you. Remain in my love. You know, you know this picture, it's beautiful. He's like, I know my father loves me, and that's why I'm loving you. Now, now, he's fully human, fully God, Jesus. But there's this harmony between him and the father and the, and, and the spirit. And, and, there, and he's saying, as the father loves me, so I love you. He even prays, I want you to be one as me and the father are one. Wow. John 17, 21. And he prays for us. And then he says, I want you to know the glory that I have with the father. I want you to experience the same glory, the same love. The same significance, the same, uh, the same place that I am before the Father. I mean, think about this. You think God the Father? Uh, you think God the Father loves Jesus? Now, just just imagine the Father, just the fount of the Trinity, Papa God, and and, and Jesus being God also, God the Son is willing to go, willing to become incarnate, willing to become flesh forever, even to, to you know, have the, the wounds from the crucifixion where, which are an everlasting reminder of the humility of God. Now, now imagine when Jesus is doing everything that he's doing and going through, imagine the, the heart of the father for his son. How much do you think the father loves the son? God loves you the exact same way. Jesus is perfect and sinless. And God the Father loves you the exact same way. I mean, if you just take a moment, just close your eyes. I want you to think about this. You're totally accepted. You're totally forgiven. And you're totally, perfectly loved right now by God. Feels good, doesn't it? You don't have to perform. You don't have to toot a horn. You don't have to. It rhymed. I'm gonna do a spoken word right now. You don't have to do nothing. You just, just be. Just be. You see, we've accommodated to doing before being. So we just accommodate to do do. We just accommodate to do do. We've got to accommodate to being. He says, remain in my love, make your home in my love, thrive in my love, refuge in my love, get rooted. If I could use that language, get rooted in my love as the father loves me. So I love you. Oh my gosh. He is so madly in love with every single one of you. If we just got to drop of the compassionate understanding of the love of God and the heart of God for us, we'd probably all do a charismatic two-step, run around the room, do a backflip or something crazy, or fall on the floor and cry for three hours, or three days, I don't know. I love what Heidi Baker said recently. She's talking about revival. She's like, we shouldn't be looking for another meeting. We should just be living a life. Oh, I love that. So good. Jesus says, the Father loves me, so I love you. He says, now remain in my love. Make your home in my love. We've got to know our significance. It's deeper than just performance. Because even when we know all the verses about who I am in Christ and my identity and, and, you know, like the finished work of the cross, and even with all of that, we're still on the hamster wheel of this toxic culture of Christianity. And we don't realize even in being used, because you can be used by God, but still be orphan minded. Hello? Well, we don't really value relationship with him and with others. We value our gifts. And it's not for other people. We value our gifts because our gifts make us feel so much more significant. But our primary purpose has to be being a son and a daughter. And then out of that comes the gifts that God has given us. Can I hear you say amen? amen. Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to close with these few verses. Are you guys enjoying this this morning? Uh, we have been uh, doing a lot of ministry stuff lately, STSL Wednesday night. And, uh, and then we had the honor of ministering at, I preached at Dunamis' conference, the prophetic conference, Thursday night and then Friday morning. Uh, and then help with worship a little bit last night. And we ministered some of our uh, prayer team and Rochelle and I. And um, and so we, uh, we've we been busy. And then after this service, uh, we're flying to Reno. So pray for us. We're going to fly up there and we're going to minister at a service, a powerful church plant, a Bethel uh, church plant. And then we're ministering at their Bible school for the next two days. And then we'll be back Wednesday for STSL. Um so seven days straight of ministering and pouring out, but I feel great, man. And, uh, and I'm just excited about what the Lord's doing in our house. And, and I really believe this kind of message is, is something that, uh, that, that we should grab a hold of and really release, walk in and really release, because people need to hear this message. I mean, there's, there's people that they are they're still looking for another platform. They're just, it's like, the, it's just this constant thing. It's like, they, they, they it's just do, 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 do. They're just trying to do something and be somebody. And they're looking, they're looking for somebody else's gaze, but they don't know the father's eyes of love are just focused right on them. I mean, I, I can, I want to tell you again, my daughters, they know, they know how much I love them sons, they know how how proud I am of them. I'm so proud. Sometimes I'll just grab them and I just I'm so proud of you. And It doesn't even have to be for anything. Hear me. I'm so proud you took the trash out finally, son. I'm just proud of them for being so handsome and stinking awesome and so gifted. And You know, like my my son Josiah, sometimes I'm like, boy, your heart is just so tender. I'm so proud of you. See their hearts, my son David. He, he's so gifted. I mean the kid. Well, literally, you're gonna have a sore. uh, You'll you'll get an ab workout from laughing, because he has. He's a comedic genius. He's. I mean the kid is so funny. How many know I'm talking about? You ever been over our house? And Gus was there about a couple weeks ago. We were laughing real hard, huh? Love my kids and they don't they don't have to look, they don't have to perform, they don't have to strive, they don't have to, they're never gonna feel insignificant if their gifts are not flowing through them, their talents and their abilities. Because without all of that, they know their love, their foundational life, their heart is rooted and oriented at their my kids and they're loved by their parents, and that's it. And out of that comes everything else. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also where your value system is your heart is oriented there. And if our value system is in platform and spotlight and all these things, you know, that we, and, and it's so common in ministry. It's so common in ministry. I mean, I don't know. I would love to do research though and interview pastors and ministers and you have so many people that fail minute. they, you know, they, they minister and they try to plan a church and then they quit or, and, you know, I wonder how many people are aspired or inspired to do ministry just because they don't know their significance think about it they're just trying to be somebody instead of just knowing they're already somebody I'm going to close with these few verses so powerful in the message translation Ephesians 3, 14-19 the apostles prayer my response is to get down on my knees before the father this magnificent magnificent father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. Isn't that powerful? That Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly in love. Oh, I love that. Both feet planted firmly in what? In love. The gift. The gift, not the gifts. The gift of love. The gift of God, who he is. Knowing our significance. If we can't function together, then we don't know our significance. But when we're firmly planted in love, he says, this is what he says. When we're planted in love, you'll be able to. To take in with all the Christians the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Wow! I could prophesy over so many people right now. I—I I mean, literally, I just if I look at some of you, I just see you like God sees you, and I just want to stop and tell everybody, <laughs> my heart, God loves you so much. His love is extravagant. There's so many dimensions. There's so much depth to his heart and his love for you. You're so valuable and significant. He says, I want you to know, I want your feet to be, I want you to be rooted in love. Paul's like, I want you to be rooted in love. I want you to be rooted in love. I want you to in that. That's where every, that's how you're going to grow. This is, that's what your roots need to go down in. It's a soil of love, the soil of who God is. Come on. He says, I want you to know with all Christians, what the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love is. Reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. No wonder we feel empty because we're not planted in love. No wonder we strive to perform and to toot our horns and, and, and try to feel good about ourselves when we're prophesying and doing all the Jesus stuff because that's what we've learned and we've got to unlearn the toxic culture spinning on the hamster wheel of that of that poo-poo doo-doo stuff. Can I say that in church, Rochelle? She said, no, I'm going to say it anyways. We're going to, you know, we're going to do a series called Crap Happens. Watch. And we're going to, we're going to tell everybody why, you know, there's suffering in the world and it's not God's will. Crap happens. Chris, you want to design a banner for that? Just don't use any fecal matter. Something else, something entirely different. The doo-doo, man, the... I got to do, I got to, no, 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 no. The doing should come out of being. It, It should come out of knowing who you are because we minister who we are. So if we're still stuck on that hamster wheel, we're going to be ministering the same toxicity of insignificance, hello. But I know I'm loved and when I remain in his love, when I make my home in his love, when I just stay right there in his love, when I just get rooted in his love, it, then I begin to discover the extravagant dimensions, the depths, the heights of his love. And it changes everything. And then we can love well, because how many know this? We're called to love well. We're called to love well. We're called to be a forgiving, loving people that serve not because we want to gain some significant position, but serve because we love I want to pray for you right now. and I don't pray that the, the love of the father falls over you like a heavy blanket. I want everyone around me in my life to feel sick. I'll hug somebody and I literally I'm releasing significance I'm just I'm imparting the love of God I'm intentional about it I try to be intentional about it because people need to know how loved they are they need to know how, how amazing they are how anointed they are before when we say that you're so anointed we, we automatically think of gifts and it's true but you're anointed just just be is who you are, because you're a daughter, your son, and his eyes are so full of love, and he's looking at you. And you don't gotta get anybody else's attention. You don't need to be seen by anybody. Just be seen by him. He's looking at you. Jesus does this in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. He's like, don't pray like the Pharisees. They're acting. They're look. They're praying because people are watching them. It's like your father sees you in secret. Just pray like that. I want you to close your eyes and just lift your hands with me right now, would you? And can I pray for you? Can I just impart this to you? And then we're gonna have our prayer team come up, and and if anyone just needs prayer for anything, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, or you want to, you need healing in your in your heart, your emotions, your mind, your body. You need freedom. We're gonna we're gonna pray for you. But right now, let me pray. Let me pray for the significance. The reality of your significance just to just to fall like a weighty blanket over you right now. God embrace you put your hand on the shoulder of someone nearby, if if it's your spouse or brother or sister. Would you just take a moment? I'm undone by the love of God. Just pray this with me. Say, Father, I release your love over their life right now in Jesus' name. I remember as a a young boy, I'm going to close in just a moment. I was really young and I was just lay on my papa's chest, my dad's chest. So close I could hear his heart. You know, there's something that, that actually doctors do when, when a little premature baby has irregular heartbeat. They will lay the baby skin to skin on the father's chest the baby's heartbeat gets in rhythm with the heartbeat of the father. Isn't that amazing? See, so many times we just, it's like we behave immature, but it's this premature thing that we get released in our gifts, but we don't even know our significance yet. And the father's heart is just, he's beating for you right now. And I want you to hear it. I want you to hear his voice so that your heart can just get in rhythm. Come on in rhythm with the heartbeat of the father. So I pray that over your life, I bless you in the name of Jesus. May we learn our significance so we can function together. May we learn how loved we are so we can love well and it just overflow in Jesus name, In Jesus name. Amen. Can we just seal it with praise? Would you come and, and just dismiss and uh, and then have our prayer team come up thank you so awesome there's just so much um weight and glory on that word in this moment so i don't want to um rob from anybody that needs to receive that this morning so if our prayer team